Welcome to Don't Call Me a Guru. We are a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. My name is Tyler Butler. And I'm Linda Huang. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest here with us. Ryan Frankson is the director of social media at the Edmonton Oilers. And um, he's a graduate of the journalism program at McEwen, uh, spent a few years in the newspaper industry before joining the Oilers. Now we're heading into the eighth hockey season uh, that, that you've been a part of the organization, seventh specifically doing social media for the Oilers. I've heard you have a passion for puns, and uh, we're pretty excited to to chat with you about all things social and hockey. And I know Tyler's really excited because he plays hockey. <laughs> Don't do that to me. <laughs> he's, he's nerding out right now. <laughs> Very excited. Glad to have you. Yeah, Welcome. thank you for having me. I think the passion for puns comes with many years of working next to Gene Principe, so I think it was kind of an osmosis <laughs> type. Of, yes, yes, exactly. You read my mind. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think we wanted to kick it off just um, if you could kind of share with listeners uh, what a day in the life of a social media director for a, you know, a huge NHL uh, organization is like. For sure. So my days are kind of, there's different types of days and I don't even really remember what game days are like because it's been a few months since uh, we played some playoff hockey, but uh, I'll take you kind of through a typical game day because those are obviously the most exciting days. Um, so I'll get up in the morning. Uh, first thing I'll do is kind of put out some game day game preview info. We haven't had morning skate yet. So there's a little bit of info needs to be filled in still for the fans, but, uh, just kind of get the, uh, the broadcast info and all the other pertinent game info out there first thing in the morning. And then I'll head to work, grab a coffee, usually get to the rink around between nine 30 and 10 o'clock team hits the ice just after 10 for, uh, morning skate and then between myself and our Oilers social media coordinator Kate uh, we try to get all the pertinent info out to the fans like uh, the different line combos that the team's skating in um, and then when the teams get off the ice we're in the locker room gathering uh, photos and quotes uh, from the players and the coaches and then the next kind of hour and a half or so to two hours is putting out all the great uh, package content that our greater digital team does, like our our game preview article on EdmontonOilers.com and uh, the various interviews that we've shot for Oilers TV and getting all that out to the fans. And then the afternoon is a little bit more of a kind of take a step away from the game and focus on the other stuff we might have going on, whether it's different sponsorship campaigns or ticketing initiatives that we need to post about. And then say it's a seven o'clock game, we kind of switch back into game mode around 4.30, uh, five o'clock, right around when the doors open. Maybe we have some pregame stuff going on. Um, In the playoffs, we actually had like a Tim Hortons truck out front giving out free coffee. So we posted about that. And then uh, seven o'clock game, pregame warmup gets underway around 6.30. So then we're back into kind of content capture mode posting stuff on Snapchat, Instagram stories, and kind of get everything ready for game time. And from there, it's kind of just all execution, live tweeting, posting highlights, all that fun stuff, hopefully a win. And then basically three-ish hours after the game ends, it's kind of just a steady flow of content, photos, videos, interviews, all that stuff from after the game. And then do it all again the next day, typically. What time does that day start and end? Because <laughs> it sounds like it's yeah. Usually <laughs> can actually get a little bit of a, like a tiny sleep in, I guess. Get the day going around eight-ish, not like up at the crack of dawn or anything. And then right. a typical seven o'clock game, we're usually done posting content around midnight-ish. Yeah, it's so not too crazy, but the game days are obviously the longest. And then if, if, if it's a late night like that, we don't... Like practice usually is until 11 the next day, so you can sleep in a little bit and kind of get recharged. 
What kind of uh, like social media management tools are you using here? Or is your phone just like blowing up with 10,000 notifications every well, day? I definitely online. have push notifications off. <laughs> <laughs> that would be um, cool to see though. Like you should record. Oh my what goodness. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's really cool is that new feature on Twitter where you can actually see the live engagement on all your tweets. Yeah. So that's that's kind it's of like, like a instant oh, yeah. ego validation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Um, in terms of management, I'm kind of like an exception. I don't really use like a Hoot, Hootsuite or a TweetDeck to kind of, I've kind of like created my own just using different uh, tools in the Twitter browser, yeah. like yeah. using a bunch of lists for, uh, I have all of our players in a list. I have all of our kind of local media on a list, uh, all the different NHL teams on a list, all of our mentions kind of have different hashtags up. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have my own tabs going on my browser rather okay. than using a TweetDeck or Hootsuite or anything like that. But uh, yeah, we use some some measurement tools uh, like Sprout Social is one we use for measuring uh, and just stuff like that for cool. tools. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like you guys do a lot of live content, uh, especially, you know, Snapchat, Instagram stories, as you said. And then during the games, I know I'm just constantly seeing mm-hmm. those updates and people want those updates live. Right. Um is that challenging? Is that like, do you have advice for uh, social media managers who may be dealing more in that live event realm or space, um, and how to how to just make sure that you don't even get bogged down in in all of the content that needs to go out and all the content that's coming in? Yeah, I think it's definitely like an acquired skill to be able to maybe just see stuff happening on the ice and be able to flip it into a tweet or the perfect Instagram post with the perfect photo. It's kind of like anyone else who's calling a game, whether it's like the play-by-play guys or whatnot, you're kind of just, you're doing the same on a different medium. So I think it's a lot of practice makes perfect. Um, Yeah, I think just kind of, you, you you know the game more over time. You just kind of, it's all about kind of listening to the fans and kind of, kind of trying to be their voice, be kind of ensconced within them, rather talking with them, celebrating with them, cheering with them, as opposed to kind of just reporting at them right. so we kind of try and listen for what the fans are saying maybe there's a certain cheer or nickname that they're calling our guys and we're trying to kind of latch on to that just yeah. to and you, you see that they they acknowledge that you're relating to them right. and it just creates more engagement and more connection with the, the fan base what's like the coolest fan driven thing you've kind of picked up on do you think Ooh, tough one. Oh, i have to there's um fans kind of they they see player nicknames that the guys are talking about and like uh different nurse stuff like and his his nickname is Dr. 25 so there's lots of <laughs> like fan jokes and puns around doctor and nurse uh just some of the guys have like fun names to play with that fans kind of have fun with it and then maybe they have a really good pun or play on words that passion for puns exactly (laughs) (laughs) it's a a job required some may think it's corny but it's pretty mainstream i think i think i like the the insight though that you sort of see what your fans are talking about and see see what they're joking about or or what they're relating to and then going with that flow instead of like i i usually think of elections kind of as an example um news i used to work at a news organization and myself uh and we used to try to kind of force a hat like an election hashtag on people hoping that they would use it um but but i like kind of your approach is that you should be looking to see what your audience is doing and then trying to build off of that because they'd be more likely to use it right totally and that actually it's exactly what we used for the playoff run this past year 
what what's the chant that you hear inside the building whenever we're playing? It's the let's go Oilers. So rather than try and right? create some hokey, like yeah. all in type of yeah. a little bit more forced hashtag for the playoffs, like we just, we literally took the fan chant and put it on social <laughs> and all across yeah. our different other brands. I think something that sets your role apart from ours is that you have this giant audience that's really like they really want to be engaged with this product. Like what's, what's that like? Do you feel like a pressure uh, there? Yeah. To always like make sure everything is spot on or, or even do you feel a pressure to always do something really interesting or, or does it just come really easy for you guys? (laughs) It's definitely a privilege and something that I enjoy so much about what I do is just how passionate our fans are for it and just seeing what they latch onto the most and kind of love to share with their, with their, uh, friends and whatnot. That's kind of my biggest goal is to create shareable content that people want to share with, with other fans. And, um, that's just kind of how the viral nature takes effect. Um, but in terms of like challenges and kind of year to year goals that we have, like we have, because we have such a large following and such a passionate fan base, we, we kind of sell access to those fans to our partners via sponsor campaigns and uh, kind of we use our channels to promote different revenue driving initiatives that we have whether it's different ticketing things or like hockey schools different programs that we run that we want to get people involved with so it's definitely nice to have that built-in audience to to speak to when we need to when we a lot of the times it's it's like fun times, hockey games and everything. But when we, when we need to kind of get a message across and tell people about something that uh, is important to us, it's nice to have that. Um, just a testament to, to the work that you've done is that the Oilers currently uh, have the top social media influence score in the NHL, which is pretty cool. Um, and also the most social engagements of any Canadian NHL team last season. Yeah, right? especially the second one is something I'm really proud of because yeah. um, it's all about engagement, really. And for a long time, we were kind of on an island. Like we were always out engaging the, the littler teams like um, Calgary and Winnipeg and Ottawa. Uh, but we weren't kind of, we were just chasing the Vancouver's and the Toronto's and Montreal's. But uh, a winning team this past year and Connor coming on two years ago has put a lot more um, focus on our team. A lot of new fans, they're becoming Oilers fans just based on we're a better team now, different new exciting players. Um, so we have a lot more interest in our team and it's kind of up to me to kind of keep them hungry for more. And so to kind of be competing and beating the the big fish now is really, really cool. And that's one of our main goals for this season is to kind of stay ahead of them and kind of not not lose uh, steam that we've created. So because you have to face the fans every day, how has your job changed now that the Oilers are a little more successful than they have been? It's definitely a lot easier to kind of engage and go through our mentions and whatnot. Yeah. Stomach it a bit more. Yeah. like, um, But it was always – it was never – the when we would have gotten when I would have gotten word is if the mention stopped right, right. like yeah, right. the fans still cared so so much yeah. even when we weren't winning as many games they were just not as happy about the performance on the ice and that's definitely one of the main places you go to kind of air your your grievances for the day is Twitter and Facebook comments and all yeah. that so it's definitely some some fun times reading through all those but they're a lot happier now <laughs> I imagine like um 
you can't reply to every tweet you get, for instance. How do you decide like what you reply to, what you retweet? Or what, yeah, what you retweet. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit easier during the summer because the, the conversations aren't as like crazy as during a game. So it's a little bit easier to... Mm, so pro tip, Oilers fan, tweet during totally, the summer, yeah. during the summer <laughs> yeah. to get Save more exposure. Pun. Maybe <laughs> not like in the middle of a period during the playoffs. <laughs> Might not see your tweet then. Right. But uh, yeah, like we honestly like if it's if it's a customer service related question we try to get to them all like um or if it's maybe they're just sending a photo of them in their jersey like we we at least try to like it and give them that kind of validation that yeah we've seen Mm -hmm. it your team saw it um i think people are getting smarter too about ways to get questions answered via social Mm -hmm. uh like we have our like messages on facebook open like anyone who likes our page can message us and we reply to every one of those if it's even remotely relevant to something we can answer mm-hmm. um like yeah like you said like it's probably not the the best way to get a question answered if you're tweeting at us during a, a game because it's pretty crazy in our mentions but we try to get to them all especially if it's something kind of in the building that we can uh like maybe the speakers aren't working in a certain section right. and we yeah and like we have the rogers place accounts for that too mm-hmm. but uh like we we sit literally next door to the like the control center during the game so i can like knock on the window, out, yeah. poke my head out and say, hey, do you guys know about this? And yeah, so it's really helpful that way. Um, we were curious about your, uh, you'd mentioned some of the Oilers goals and objectives sort of for social. We were wondering um, in terms of uh, new social media. So Instagram stories, fairly new, Snapchat, still fairly new-ish, um, both that you're using. How do you decide when you jump onto a feature, uh, Facebook live streaming? Is that part of a bigger strategy to, to innovate or experiment? Um, yeah, the, the beautiful thing about Instagram stories and Facebook live is that they're already built into platforms we were using already. So we had that built-in audience to kind of just dabble and uh, see what kind of engagement we got. Facebook Live is actually probably one of the main reasons we are able to be kind of a, a league leader in engagement is because we we have a really great uh, digital team that has kind of put together a way to streamline our live streaming. So when we go live um, after a game, the post-game press conferences, we uh, it's one feed, but we're able to push that out to Facebook. We're able to put that on YouTube, we're able to put that on emmatonalers.com. So um, definitely jumped on that really, really well. And yeah, we find ourselves using Instagram stories more than Snapchat now just because of that built-in audience. Mm-hmm. But when Snapchat was becoming more and more mainstream, um, I think you just kind of keep your your finger on the pulse of what the fans are using and talking about and just kind of keeping an eye on what the industry, the way that's going and um, seeing how you could possibly use it to your your brand's advantage. So we're still very active on on Snapchat and had we kind of have stories for every everything that we're doing, whether it's a home game, whether it's a community event. Um, our social media coordinator, Kate, that I mentioned before, she's kind of our chief Snapchatter and <laughs> Instagram storyer during live events. So kind of have a dedicated person doing that whenever we're doing something really important. Is it a large team? Like is it you and Kate basically? Or do you have more people? For Oilers Social, it's yeah. the two of us, yeah. And then overall social, um, we also have a different coordinator named Sean who does Rogers Place and Ice District. And he was also uh, our social lead on the golf tournament that we had, the Oil Country Championship. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you, you think of the Oilers and you, you maybe think just think of hockey. But um, my department alone is doing social for golf, for the building, for the district, for, for the hockey team and for the mascot and all that fun stuff. 
Don't Call Me a Guru is sponsored by ATB. When they're not busy sponsoring excellent local podcasts, ATB sponsors hockey all the way from Tom Thumb and Pee Wee to the pros. They love nothing more than helping local volunteers whose tireless efforts often make hockey possible in their communities. Check out their website to learn more. Visit atb.com slash listen. What's uh, what's your relationship with the players like? Like, do they get excited to be featured on your accounts? Are you advising them on their personal accounts? What what's that like? Yeah, I think um, they all use social media different ways and like it to varying degrees. Some of the older guys they don't like it; they stay <laughs> off there. They just focus on them. Uh, like Mark Latestu just swears swears it off. <laughs> he just focuses on his game. So we make up for that by interviewing him a lot. Right. <laughs> it's kind of an inside joke on on our uh, digital team that he's kind of the quasi face of Oilers TV because he's <laughs> he's such a good quote. But uh, um, yeah, kind of at the beginning of the year, we do kind of a media day where uh, one of the stations that they go to is they come and chat with me. Um, if say they started an Instagram page and they're not verified yet, uh, we talk about that. I help them get their page verified and kind of just ask them if there's anything, any features on the platforms that they're curious about, they haven't used yet, if they need any tips. Mm -hmm. So we kind of work with our like hockey PR department to provide them with any advice or direction that they want on their own social. Um, But yeah, Um, what else could I talk about there? I mean, a lot of the guys, yeah, they they love being on featured on social. It's just it's good for their personal brand. They like they like just, the gifts. Yeah, they. <laughs> it's just another and like we tag them and they they get to see all the different fan replies that come when we we tag them in it. And it's just kind of just another way for them to connect with the fans. Is anyone just? Is there one player who like always wants to be on the social media accounts? Um. Yeah, when we were. When Luke Gazdick was still here, he was kind of, he'd always tried to sneak onto our Snapchat stories <laughs> and a few other guys, they'll, they'll see Kate uh, doing her thing at morning skate and they'll like try to like, they'll like wave and try to get, <laughs> get in the story just cause just goofing around and they kind of want to be seen on our, our channels. Yeah. So, but like guys, a lot of guys are more active than others and a lot of them are doing really good things for kind of their own different partners. Yeah. Um, like. Connor's got a lot of like real big time partners that they do a great job with his social media. He's actually got even more followers than we do on Instagram, I think. Wow. <laughs> You're like, so, Damn it, Connor. <laughs> yeah. And uh guys like Cam Talbot and uh yeah, I who following him after that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like such a bandwagon hopper. <laughs> and Patrick Maroon, like they've they've launched their own clothing lines and they're right. they're using Instagram and Twitter to to promote that. So it's really kind of cool to see the way they've latched onto these platforms to kind of enhance their brand and further interact with our fans, which is never a bad thing. And you mentioned they're on like your list of accounts to watch totally. to see what their yeah. content is and whether Exactly. Especially during off season. That's like the gold. We want to know what these guys are doing during the off season. Right. Yeah. And it was really cool. Um, guys were starting to kind of post a little bit about their training and Eric Griba kept calling them out on maybe they weren't working hard enough or guys weren't posting and other guys were. So he was he was kind of like the rallying guy this summer. And because of that, we got so many good uh, so much content. videos of like uh, <laughs> Leon Dreisaitl training in Prague and like just guys training all over the place. It was a really cool summer for, for that. Not a slow content summer for the Oilers. 
imagine that. But that's like ultimate social content, right? Yeah, like you're that behind you have the these people you see authentic. on TV, you have celebrities, you're you're seeing them as real people, right? That's the window. Yeah, that kind of uh like a portal into their yeah. personal lives, which is it's awesome. Like <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk again about uh just the live aspect because you do. Are you creating the gifts? Who create? Like you know how fast you guys mm-hmm. do those oh, replays yeah. and Always everything. I'm, I'm like, those. how do they get it so fast? <laughs> <laughs> no we <idea>. actually. <laughs> Yeah, we actually have a GIF consultant. Oh that, my god, uh, I want that, is that job. On their business card? I it very well could <laughs> be. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. yeah. So so she works every game night. She actually doesn't even live Maybe here. She lives gifts. in the states. Yeah, she she's watching the games on her computer and recording the content and making gifts really? for us. Yeah, so that wow. was it's, that's been a really nice coup for us to have the last few years. That's really and, cool. Yeah, that's what like fans love that stuff, especially like so quick after the goal scored to see that so replay. They can share it, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. That's cool. Um, what do you, uh, what's your advice for how social me- uh, media managers of, um, brands of either very large or engaged audiences or, uh, touching on the live event, uh, type of industry, what advice would you give them in terms of how to keep things fresh and keep things interesting? I think it's important to set, set goals. Uh, like we talked about a little bit, we, we have a huge following. We're not, we're not super focused on uh growing our following that's just kind of like a a second second nature thing that happens by producing good content it's all about all about engagement for us and um just we've really gotten big into goal setting the last couple of years here um just to kind of we it's important to know when you're having success like what does success look like to us as Oilers social um is it getting to a million followers yeah that that's great too but uh it's not always about the kind of the mass quantity of followers. It's about kind of engaging who you do have. So setting targets and kind of tracking them month by month. And um, yeah, I think just maybe not as uh, tangible, but just providing a level of customer service for your, whether it's your customers, your fans, depending on your your brand, just being committed to having that two-way conversation instead of just talking at them and not not replying when they have comments and whatnot. Is there a crazy idea you've always wanted to try but have not been able to yet? I don't know if it's specific to social, but we actually we were just talking about off season, and it's a little bit easier if you're like an East Coast team, and you're kind of a lot closer to a lot of your players. But something I'd love to do is follow, like a Connor or a Leon or one of our other kind of bigger name guys. Love to follow them around for a week during the off season and kind of just have a, a fully integrated video social type of. Experience. I know the Penguins, they often go to Coal Harbor in Nova Scotia to Sidney Crosby does a hockey school there every summer. And they, I think the last couple summers they've gone with him because he's had the cup with him too. They've (laughs) gone with him and followed him around for a week and they get like great family content and uh, look into his off season training. That's something I'd really love to do uh, kind of with our bigger digital group. Is there, what's something you've tried that you're really proud of? Yeah, specific to social, um, we talked about doing stuff with the players. Just this past year, uh, we did a really cool thing with Eric Griba. He had this uh, this big, bushy, lumberjack, caveman beard. And he actually came to us with the idea, which was really cool. He wanted to raise some money and eventually shave it if we hit a certain goal. And he's, he's from Saskatoon area. And I think the so last summer, uh, Garth Brooks did some shows 
a string of shows like he did here, but in Saskatoon. And uh, it was during the summer, so Eric was there. And he actually kind of got hooked up with Garth and Garth's charity. Pardon me, I forget the name of it now, but it's uh, all about getting kind of youth involved in sports. Garth is really big into sports. Uh, so he he came to us with that idea and Garth was coming uh, to Roger's place, I think the next month. I think we did this in February. Um, so we got Eric to do this kind of just really super organic, like selfie style video. Uh, he actually did it during the bye week when he was up ice fishing in, I think, northern Alberta. So we posted about this uh, video and we put it on our Facebook and we said, I can't remember what our goal was, but it was something like, I don't know if it was, I think it was likes. I think if we got like 10,000 likes on it or something, he would uh, shave his beard and donate donate X amount of money to this charity. And then the oil foundation would match it. And so just being able to kind of combine so many different aspects, doing something with our player, doing something to engage the fans, doing something charitable. And we, and actually Garth Brooks ended up sharing it for us too and matching our donations, which just kind of snowballed into this really cool thing that was super engaging for social, but also did a lot of good out there too. That Those are some of the things I'm most proud of. And that was kind of the most recent one for sure. Um, so something I've always been curious about with your role, uh, because you have the league overseeing uh, all the teams, like how much control do you have over your content and how much oversight does the league offer on social media? They're pretty good in terms of letting us kind of run with our, our content. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys knew about um, Major League Baseball Advanced Media. They've kind of, they obviously did their baseball thing for a long time and they've actually taken on the NHL as part of the overall digital. So they took over our kind of our website, uh, the, the platform of it. Um, so it's all kind of streamlined across the league now and a different different uh, platform for kind of our, our website to be built on. Um, so that's been a little bit like, that was a transition that we had to work through, but they're they're kind of now opening up the creativity a bit more so we can do more with our, our web pages and whatnot. But there are league-wide initiatives that um, they, like we're happy to get behind them if it's uh and that's some of the really cool things like the hockey is for everyone initiative and hockey fights cancer yeah. yeah stuff like that that they kind of spearhead and yeah it's great great stuff for us too um not really any kind of in negative qualities of it but there's definitely things that they spearhead that they kind of expect the partner clubs to get behind but 99 times out of 10 or 100 it's uh it's it's stuff we want to be a part of anyway so yeah it's pretty it's pretty relaxed. Like on social, it wouldn't be like, why did you post that? Take that down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, something that I noticed uh, specifically during the playoffs was the other NHL Twitter accounts kind of talking to the Oilers or like posting puns and memes about the Oilers as well. Um, that's generally unplanned, right? And you guys totally. just kind of go with it. That's I think that's the cool. I think that's cool to see. Like, was it the LA? Was it the Hunter? Who, no, Hunters, who you guys currently have. I know nothing about yeah. hockey. Why am I here? <laughs> You're probably thinking of Bailey. I'm, yes, yeah. Bailey. <laughs> Bailey's been a friend of ours for many years. Yeah, he's he's a cool cat on Twitter, and he's usually, he's usually on our on our team, especially when we're playing like because uh, we were playing Anaheim and San Jose, which yeah. is LA's two biggest rivals. So obviously, he was cheering for us big time. But yeah, it's it's yeah. There, there's a little bit of opportunities for a little bit of fun on Twitter. Um, it obviously has to align with kind of our our brand. We're a little bit more conservative than teams like that, so it doesn't doesn't always fit to be maybe getting a little bit saucy or <laughs> chirpy. But <laughs> only stick to the puns. <laughs> yeah, definitely some opportunities for fun. 
You uh, do you think that like those chirps will start to come as the team gets more successful? Is that like the cost of success on social media? I don't media? think so. I think it's kind of classy. like I like that. The they ain't classy. <laughs> it's teams that they almost have to make more noise in their market to really capture the sports fans. Like you look at the LA Kings who kind of became the notorious social media chirpers and what, whatnot. Um, They're in a very busy market. They, they need to make some noise and have some attitude to, to get their, to get the sports fans in that market kind of paying attention to them. Uh, We're like, we're a little, a lot more conservative, like old school hockey market, Canadian, Canadian market. We, don't maybe necessarily align with that kind of vision. We <laughs> we do we we know there's a lot of different stuff that we do that is just as engaging, if not more engaging. Like look at some of the players we have that are super exciting to watch and a great goalie, and we we know we have that stuff that we can use. It's so much more media and more meaningful to engage our fans rather than maybe cheap humor. <laughs> so it's, because you have like data on your account, you can say like people really like when we just post this nice highlight exactly <laughs> yeah do you have a list of the type of sort of top content that that the fans really engage with online you can probably guess it <laughs> connor yeah yeah any anything like connor and leon um but we have so many engaging characters in our team like pat maroon became like a cult hero everyone's yeah. everyone's like still so excited about all the stuff milan lucic does out there whenever we post any lucic stuff it goes nuts to anything cam talbot related we just posted about his new mask that has his uh so he's the goal buster he's a super big ghostbusters fan and on his he used to just have the like the ghostbusters ghost on his mask but now that they have their twins he put the twins as the ghosts on his mask <laughs> complete with like uh pacifiers in their mouths um so that obviously did really well too um but yeah we talked about facebook live like that that, that does so well, well on yeah. facebook like we have tens of thousands of people watching that um but yeah it's a lot of the stuff that you would you would expect, you would expect. Visual, visual stuff yeah. yeah live video is like the perfect tool for sports teams right you're already doing live video every day with press conferences and stuff it has it integrated just kind of seamlessly absolutely yeah we're actually the first team to live to put an entire game on facebook live last year at the the young stars classic that we go to every year in penticton so it's the the rookies, part of their rookie camp. They go there and they play the rookies from Calgary, Vancouver, and Winnipeg. And we we live streamed all those games right on Facebook, which was really cool. No other NHL team had put any like full games on Facebook before, so that was really cool for us to do. Really cool. Yeah, which is outside of because uh, nobody broadcasts that. There's not like a Sportsnet that's uh, has kind of first dibs on the the right. streaming of that. So it's an opportunity for us to to do something like that. And uh, yeah, it was really really well received. Don't Call Me a Guru is brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation. They actually produce their own podcast called the Well Endowed Podcast. In this month's episode, take a queer history tour of Edmonton with Darren Hagen. Check it out. Subscribe to the Well Endowed Podcast wherever pods are casted. This is a technical question because live streams generally I find are vertical. But you mentioned that you sort of the setup you have, it can go to YouTube and all that other stuff. Is it being filmed horizontally? Like, do you care about that vertical from the phone aspect? Or yeah, no, it's like a normal broadcast. We basically take the broadcast feed into this uh, this receiver that we have that okay, kind of like yeah, old school streaming shoots it back out to whatever <laughs> platforms we hook up to it. OK, 
okay. Because I'm sitting here like, okay, yeah. live video is huge. What what can I shoot live? And you're just like, oh, good. This is where all this live content can go. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. But yeah, definitely if we're just maybe down at practice and they're doing a really cool drill, uh, Kate or I will pop open our phone and kind of do it the old school, yeah, yeah. more uh, basic way Dirt, for sure. Yeah. We still do that too. Like sometimes um, there'll be like an impromptu uh, I think of an example from this past year, I was on one of the road trips and Wayne Gretzky was there and our PR guy came over and said, Hey, you guys want to talk to Wayne for a few minutes and you never say no to that. Right. <laughs> but we didn't really have our technology to do like a proper live stream. Cause we were just kind of just got to the rink, mm-hmm. but had the ability to kind of pull up my phone and pop it right on Facebook and kind of get up nice and close so people can hear it. Beautiful. Yeah. So are you the guy who likes to be in the shot with Wayne or are you holding a phone and just Wayne's on the camera? <laughs> I'm literally as close as I could possibly get to his face without getting in our shot. <laughs> <laughs> so if if you kind of, you, what you see on, kind of if you're watching it on our website or on t- on one of the TV channels or something, if uh, if that was the case, I'd be right there without getting in the way. You're, you're a little to the right. Yeah, but That's that, where people can that is something... <laughs> You definitely get over the whole personal space thing when you're doing my job. You kind of have to get in there, especially with like a McDavid scrum when there's 25 reporters and cameras in there. You kind of have to wiggle your way in and because you want to get your shot too. Is two people enough? Like, would you would you take more people? Are you are you guys feeling overwhelmed or is it a good like you figured out a good system? I mean, you always want more (laughs) more people capturing content but that's one of the beauty things about social is you've got if there is a game going on you've got 18,000 content creators sitting in the seats right and that's a big part of us going through our mentions going through our tagged photos on Instagram is sometimes maybe a fan catches a really great angle of our players celebrating a goal and uh, we would like quote tweet that or take their photo and give them give them a tag on it's so that's so cool to see what kind of content they're creating but at the same time um the league has kind of acknowledged that it's great to have more people capturing content in the arenas and they do this thing last year was the first year for it called real-time correspondence uh so they've got one person working in each building uh during every game they're more so servicing the road team because a lot of times like we, we can't send 10 people to a road game usually can only send two or three. Uh, so they're there capturing like if you've got, if we've got a bunch of Oilers fans in Dallas, Texas, and I can't particularly be there and our other guys are doing stuff. We've got this RTC there who can go take photos of them and send them back to me. Yeah. Super cool. They started that in, in baseball. They had a person in every ballpark and every night and they flipped it over to hockey and everyone really loved it. So they're kind of getting all the, all the people aligned to do it again this year. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a, I would well. Are you ever concerned about the quality of content that you're getting or sharing? <laughs> they like the yeah. They do a really good job. Some of them even have like DSLR cameras, and they're sending us like really good quality stuff. But um, do you guys use Slack at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, I imagine like at, at the office you might use yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. We have network. one for the podcast. Perfect. Well. Yeah. Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATV. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, so there's a big RTC group on Slack, and that's how. So you, someone will jump into the Edmonton, like chat room on Slack. So it's kind of an ongoing dialogue. If you maybe it wasn't the shot you wanted, you can quickly say to them, "Hey, can you go back and get this at a different angle?" It's a really good dialogue. That's really cool. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's. I think that's cool that the league has 
recognize that we need that content online and we're, we need to provide that content to our teams uh, to share and for fans to engage. Yeah, especially the fan content. That's what's really been enriched by it. Because like, even if I was at one of these away rinks, um, I'm really busy doing my thing. I, I might run into a couple of fans, but these guys are like going through the whole concourse, finding all these different fans. And then you, you learn about some really cool stories too. Like they'll send you a little blurb like um, Joe and Susie drove down from... Yeah drove down from Toronto for the game in Buffalo tonight. Pretty cool. So are these league employees or are they, they're facilitating like fans with better equipment? No, they're, they're actually yeah employed by the league. That's and really cool. The, the Canadian ones get paid in American money too. So it's a pretty nice gig for them. <laughs> Tax free or what? Yeah. Are they hiring? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, so where can people apply? <laughs> yeah. Um, I have one last question. Do you manage uh, social media ads for the Oilers as well, or do you kind of work with the marketing team on that? Yeah, I'm kind of the, the point person for doing doing our kind of bo- our boosts or our, our paid campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't do a ton. They're mostly mostly tickets. Don't need to. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> well, the tickets do kind of fly off the shelves here. Obviously, <laughs> we got. But uh, it, it's a lot of ticketing campaigns. Uh, we did one earlier this summer for kind of our mini packs, power packs is what we call them. Um, so whenever we have kind of a, a timely initiative ticket-wise like that, we'll put we'll put a few hundred bucks behind our, our Facebook post. We actually, I actually just did a bunch of ad work today for because we're doing an additional ticket inventory on sale coming up in a couple of weeks. So um, I actually spread it across all all three of the big three, which I don't often do. I don't don't always do Twitter because I find we get more bang for our buck Friends, on yeah. Yeah. on okay. Facebook and Instagram. But uh, we actually had a decent budget for this one, so I figured I'd allocate a few hundred bucks on on Twitter too. See how that does. But yeah, exactly. Facebook and Instagram is kind of where it's at for your kind of your value per dollar spend. Um, speaking of budgets, do you guys generally have a good budget for for paid social, or or are you? like many <laughs> social media community managers uh, working with lit- a little to create a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, for, for stuff like this, that budget kind of usually comes out of the, the different department that is spearheading the campaign. And we're more just more like the, the service end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one would come out of our, our like ticket ticketing marketing budget. But if we were just doing something with a partner where their campaign needed a boost, it would kind of be built into their, their sponsorship deal. So I don't have a huge budget. I've got like a, have a budget for kind of contest prizing and mm-hmm. any other boosting that we want to do and like our our consultant work that we have for the to pay consultant. our to pay our <laughs> to pay our gift girl and to pay uh yeah. kind of our our reporting subscriptions and we have uh we have a company that does some monthly reporting for us too so yeah the gift stuff is money well spent oh yes yeah. what yeah <laughs> this is such an exciting time to work for the oilers what does the future hold do you think for your role um the unknown is so exciting like we talked about emerging platforms like we don't know we don't know what's going to become huge so that's really exciting but i mean on the hockey side like i feel like this is what we always we always talked about when like we weren't making the playoffs um our group we're we always talk about like let's let's get into a really good groove here of producing this content and doing it the right way so when the time comes that we actually have a winning team like we got our we got our ducks in a row like we know what we're doing and we're seeing the fruits of that now which is awesome because yeah you look back at how much less fun it was when the team wasn't winning but you knew it kind of there would be that payoff and knowing what to do when the time does come so hopefully the team keeps getting even better and better and we go a few more rounds in the playoffs and just kind of see that engagement soar and 
my I'll be salivating all over those <laughs> retweets and likes and shares and all that. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to, I guess, final thoughts. Um, like, what what is your favorite part about uh, doing social media for the Oilers? What do you what's keeping you going season after season? I touched on it a bit, but just that fan passion and just seeing the level of commitment that they have and that translates into them creating such cool content for us to to see and to share and to kind of make our fans famous on our channels that's really cool whenever we can kind of just make them feel like they're validated as a fan that is kind of the most rewarding part for me and doing the different charitable things that we we would do via social that's really cool and maybe kind of more on the selfish side um i just just love creating like really cool content and I, i'm just loving instagram right now like with the integration of stories and just uh boomerangs <laughs> yeah just a different like facebook as a whole with instagram underneath them obviously is just kind of killing it with new features and it's a lot of fun to play with well ryan thanks for coming on the pod such a pleasure to have you pleasure is all mine for sure that's so exciting i'm like yeah, perfect timing Perfect timing, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> it's almost like we all worked in marketing. <laughs> it's like, did we plan that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to Don't Call Me a Guru. Thanks to Doug Hoyer, wrote the theme music. Rory Lee did our logo design. We'll, uh, we'll be back at you next month. Talk to you later. <laughs>